Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Tasting Anarchy. I'm your host, Jacob Lindsay, and as always, I'm joined by Mason Joseph and the uh, shouty dogs in the background. Uh, I just got back from Texas wine country uh, and had a pretty good trip. It was, it was a lot of fun. We were calling it Childerberg Prestige because it was like a mini Childerberg. Yeah. And uh, so I thought I would regale you with tales of uh, our fun time. Yeah, drunken debauchery? No. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a definitely drunk, but uh, yeah, but not but so I bad mean, that like I'm like terribly hungover or anything like that. Yeah, and like the people who went, it's not like they're like uh, there are plenty of people who stayed sober all of Childerberg. There were plenty of people who basically weren't the entire Childerberg, and plenty of people in between. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I spent a lot of it over. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, it was this time. It was uh, so Agora Brewing came um, from uh, Kansas, and um, then we had mostly it was just DFW people. So Car Camping came out. uh, uh, Adaman from uh, well, he's not on Twitter really anymore. He's on now Mastodon, and uh, which. I've started using a little bit more, which more about that later, because that there's something cool about Macedon that uh, also came up on this trip. You mean um, the band? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 No, Ma- well, Macedon you, you, server. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, you know, there's a band called Macedon, right? Yeah. There, yeah. Metal yeah, band. Yeah. 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 Like a pretty heavy metal band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and then, uh, Adamant's wife and then Will from peaceful treason mm-hmm. and his wife. Oh, fantastic. So, and we went and down your so, wife, right? Well, and my wife. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Victoria rented, I didn't realize what it was exactly. She rented. And I don't think she actually realized it until we got there, but she rented two houses that were on mm-hmm. the same ranch, one right down from the other one. Huh? And we had the entire ranch to ourselves. It was like Ooh. a, it was, well, the, the ranch was probably way larger, but this section of the ranch was maybe five or 10 acres. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was just longhorn cattle walking around the property that we could go like walk up to and pet, which was really cool. Was they it really big? Well, I was going to say, was it, was it advised that you could do that? Uh, there was some that were in paddocks that were separate, but the ones that mm-hmm. were just kind of wandering around were like mom cows with their calves, which apparently is, is fine. Like, uh, oh, okay. but they were just, they're just loose. They, they're, they're gated off from the houses themselves, mm-hmm. but, uh, once you're outside of the gated area, they're just kind of wandering around and they're very friendly. They like, they, they walk up to you and just kind of let you touch them. Oh, okay. Like they so, sought your attention. Okay. Yeah, exactly. They like, we didn't have to chase them down. They just kind of walked yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. One of them, one of them's name was uh shaggy Maggie had a tag <laughs> on its ear. All of them had tags in their ears and were yeah. uh, with their name written on them. Uh-huh. And it was very cute. And, and uh-huh. the little, Victoria was petting them a bunch. She loved them. And, uh, but there was like a boy calf, a male calf. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was like fake, uh, you know how they, they, they like play ram with their head. Mm-hmm. So he was like, he was like play ramming her hand with his head, like <laughs> pretending to like, I'm, I'm going to get you kind of, it was yeah. very cute. Uh, but it was fun. And the property was really cool. We had the very first night we were there. Uh, Agora brought a bunch of his meat for us to try. Mm-hmm. And so the first night, that's basically what we did. Oh, actually, that's, I forgot one thing, though. 
we went to, um, hang on, I'll look up the name of it. We mm-hmm. went to a brewery for dinner. So, okay, maybe I need to step back and tell this to everybody. So Fredericksburg is the town that we were near. Okay. And, and it's then, a um, German settlement. Where, it, so like, because Texas has the two wine countries. So which wine country? Hill country. A hill country. Okay. So kind of yeah, where so Childerberg is, near where Childerberg is, right? Yeah. It's about 45 minutes away from Spicewood. Okay. So pretty close. Uh, and, but it's like right there on that main road that has like all the good wineries or, mm-hmm. or a lot of the good wineries and then some ones that were not so great, but there's also, <laughs> so Fredericksburg is a German town or it was a, it was mm-hmm. a town settled by Germans. Yeah. And so there's also really good German beer brewed there. Oh man. And the German beer I've been drinking has not been great. So. Oh really? Okay, so this was great, and and I sent you a picture of mm-hmm. well, that was a, that was the last brewery we went to this morning for breakfast, where they had the sign that says uh, uh, "less government, more beer," mm-hmm. which I thought was funny. Um, but uh, this brewery was—you may be able to pronounce it more than I can. Uh, let me let me look it up real quick because it's it's like. I think it's Altstad, but let me send you the the uh, the word, and maybe you can read it. So I would say Altstad. Altstad, yeah, yeah, like oh, the, there's, cause it's, there's you know, the D, yeah, yeah, Altstad Brewery, yeah, yeah. So we went to this brewery, which was very good, and um, it. Uh, also had really good food. So I, like I had a really good Reuben Victoria had mm-hmm. a bunch of uh, different types of German sausage with sauerkraut. And uh, there, I mean, there's all sorts of good, just really good. Yeah. I would say, I, I don't know how authentic, but authentically American German food. Yeah. You know, it's, that's one of those things like, I mean, having been to Germany, like a Reuben isn't necessarily like German food. That's kind of like, okay. More Jewish food. Like, got it. It is and it isn't. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, kind of the sauerkraut, rye, um, definitely Germanic in its origin, but like, you know, corned beef, kind of a, a Jewish kind of area sort of thing. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, that's like, and then like the sausages for the most part, like maybe the preparation style and the amount of sausages is different in Germany, but like the, like the overall spices and that sort of thing is generally the same. Right. Yeah. So that was kind of, I think the, and it's also a really pretty, if you go to their website, uh, you want, I can send you a link if you want. Yeah. I'll look at website, it later. Yeah. yeah. Look at it later. They also have it. Oh, this is for Rollo. Um, there's a tractor museum on site as well. <laughs> so, uh, which was really cool. And that's cool. But their beer was excellent. It's and it's, it's kind of done up in like a Bavarian castle style, but it's very clearly, uh, like new. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's, and kind of, it's really cool, but it's also like, sort of looks like a strip mall a little bit, you know, do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like where it's like, it's like yeah. overly new. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's, I mean, that's kind of the thing about Texas is unless you're in like, like West Texas or like the really small towns in East Texas, like central Texas is growing. Yeah. Just what so, it is. And this is what was cool about Fredericksburg proper, which we walked around a little bit uh, 
is that it is an old West town. So all mm. of the buildings in Fredericksburg are like from the late 1800s and they're all made out of like local stone, but with that sort of, it's actually really interesting because the architecture is sort of like a cross between like the Western false front style that I would have like out in California mm-hmm. and sort of like French colonial of like what you would see in New Orleans. Huh. So it's kind of an interesting mix of those two styles. So it's kind of like antebellum South. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, yeah. And like while we were walking around, I was like, this is, this is interesting because it's, it is cowboy country. I mean, they, they do a ton of cattle stuff out there, but this is not really what I think of as a cow town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fort Worth is very much like a cow town. It's got yeah. basically, it just looks like a Western town. Because that's what it much, was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This one is much more of like a, it just looks kind of like, it just looks like a Southern town, but with a little mm-hmm. bit of that kind of Western characteristic. So yeah. it's, it's just a really, it was a re- really cool place. I, I'd like, I'd like to go spend some more time in the city proper because we didn't yeah. spend a huge amount of time. But they had really good food at this place. They had a, um, uh, is it called a Hellas? A Hellas or Hellas? It's a type of lager. I, I've always heard it pronounced as Hells. Hells? Okay. Like, where you're, like, you're, you're not even pronouncing the E, but I don't know if that's like the right way to say it. Okay. Well, it's a very light lager. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought... I, lately, I've been back into loggers for some reason. I think maybe yeah. because uh, they they have Yingling here now, and so and I've had like <laughs> several opportunities to get Yingling on draft, which uh-huh. I don't really think of it as like this overly fantastic beer, but it's low alcohol. It's solid, I think, and it it's actually really good for warm weather, and it's yeah, hot well, all the time. Well, so one of the things I think about Yingling is it's personally you can like if you get it really cold, it's really good cold like cold, like cold beer in hot weather. Yeah. But I also think when you don't have it ultra chilled in cold weather, it is a very multi, like flavorful and not heavy, like, like a huge stout, but like a heavier beer. So you're kind of like, yeah, you're not sitting there drinking like Bud Light. You know, like right, just drinking yeah. like water, basically, like from a yeah, flavor yeah. standpoint, like it is a very flavorful beer. So it, to me, it's a very class, like I like Corona a lot, especially like with Mexican food. And I think Corona is one of those beers that like it is more of a summer beer, but like you can definitely have it in the winter. But I think like Yingling straddles, like the only time Yingling isn't like super great to me is kind of that spring day sort of thing where it's yeah. like cold in the morning and then hot during the day. Like it's just a little too much there, but you can still manage to get the temperature right with it. And so I yeah. think you can make it a full four seasons beer. Right. Yeah. It's, I, I think, I mean, it's just a solid beer and it's also, I don't know if it's because they're running some sort of special because they're trying to get people to drink it. It's like three forty on draft at the sports bar. So, hmm. um, at for like, and they serve it to you like when one of those pint dimple glasses, I love those, you know, those dimple glasses I'm talking about. They're like English dimple glasses. They're like the kind of short, fat ones that are round, and then they have a handle on them. But they are they're I, like dimples. I, th- I, if I saw it, I'd probably recognize it, but I, I'm not bringing it to mind at the moment. Yeah, those are my favorite beer glasses. I don't know why. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been drinking a lot of like Marzen beers, like the uh, like the Oktoberfest style beers. Yeah, and 
like there's a brewery out here called Oozlefinch and Oozlefinch like yeah okay yeah I know you're talking about those yeah definitely like a like the English half glass is the way I kind of think of it like the smaller I I don't know what's about these yeah something about these cups I just really like them well, I mean, we're English files. So yeah, I guess that's probably English it. Yeah. I'll be drink. But well, yeah, the so sports like, bar that Carr and I actually, I think we've only been there once. I think I, it's actually, it's called No Frill Girl, which is funny. But uh, I went there yesterday. Yeah, but ours is not the fancy No Frill Girl. Ours is a sports bar. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, uh, no but fr- they, but they serve Yingling there and it's 340, mm-hmm. which is yeah. really a good deal. And they serve it in these glasses. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, so I've been drinking a lot of the, uh, German Oktoberfest style beers and like I was saying this brewery out here called Uselfinch, like I had a triple from them and it just wasn't that great. Um, and then I thought they did like a Marzen style and I thought I saw it for sale in Wegmans and I was like, Oh, I'll get that. And then it turned out to be some weird brewery from Asheville, North Carolina. Cause I just apparently can't read anymore. Oh, <laughs> like I, I straight up, I'll tell you about the, one of the worst beers that I've ever purchased personally, um, after this, but like, I thought this was like an Oozlefinch beer and I was like, oh man, like I'll support local, like da, 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 da. So like I right. bought it and then I'm like, found out it was Asheville and Asheville's like the, uh, Asheville's like the, uh, Austin of North Carolina, like okay. it's not the capital, but it's very liberal and like, but it's supposed to be like one of the just amazing Appalachian towns, like rolling hills, beautiful mountains and like, like Virginia mountains. So like the entire mountain is forest, you know, like right, they're so right. short. So like, I was kind of like, oh man. And it just was not flavorful. Hmm. Like, and I specifically got it cause it said it was like really malty. And I was like, oh man, that sounds really good. And, it just wasn't flavorful and I haven't found many of them flavorful and I'm sure it's just me, but I was really disappointed by that. I was just like, Oh, come on. So, and then, um, you know, the Voodoo Ranger series. Yeah. I like that. I like those actually quite a bit. Yeah, I do too. Um, so I, they have an atomic pumpkin and so last weekend, so not the one that we're just completing now today, but the weekend before that, I knew that they had the atomic pumpkin. So I've been smoking like two cigars a weekend. So like one on Sat Friday and right after work and then one during the day on Saturday. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store, the food lion on Tidewater drive near the smoke shack where I buy cigars. And I'm going to get Ashley, a, the like monster jug or monster bottle of, um, um, the red Moscato that barefoot has. And I'm going to get this atomic pumpkin because the food lion by work had it. And of course they don't have the atomic pumpkin. So that later that weekend I find it at Wegmans and I see like, they've got like, uh, you know, something like scroffs off and it says spicy. And in my head I was like, Oh, they really spiced the pumpkin beer. Like, you know, turned it up to 11 on pumpkin spice. And I was like, this is going to be great. No, it was, it was a pumpkin habanero beer and it was huh. awful. <laughs> like, and that's the thing is like, you know, it's like, you know, you don't like to like kind of talk bad about a wine. Like, I don't mm-hmm. really like to talk bad about wine either, but like this just was not for me. Like it was well right. made for what it was like. 
It had the pumpkin flavor up front, had the heat on the end. It just was not for me. I was just like, this is the worst beer I have intentionally bought, and I wish I had read the friggin' package. And then I did the same thing this weekend by not reading that other beer's packaging. So I told huh. Wells, like, I got to bring this to Childerberg as punishment beer for the losing. Because, <laughs> like, maybe it would be really good if I chilled it. Because, you know me, like, I'll drink beer warm, basically, and I don't care. Um, so I didn't chill any of them down, and I opened one, and it just wasn't good. But my wife went to make slow cooker um, chicken wing- or chicken drumsticks to make kind of like a chicken barbecue. Yeah. Um, and she forgot to plug in the slow cooker. <laughs> so she just put it in the, the Dutch oven and put it on the stove and cooked it. But she used half a can in it, and it was really good. So huh. like okay. for cooking beer, it's pretty good. But for like a drinking beer, it was not for me. <laughs> so, Interesting. Yeah. So good breweries. But, yeah, so that uh, brewery, well, actually, one thing more about that brewery that I really liked is and, and I think this is probably because everything they do is German. Mm-hmm. And I don't, although they don't do any box or anything like that, but there was none, uh, none of them were over, there was not a single beer they had on draft that was over 6%. Oh, wow. Uh, and most of them were around five. There was even like some that were like in the threes. Mm-hmm. So like their amber, I think was four. They, they had a light beer that was three. Um, and then Cody Agora Brewing, he got uh, a Schwartz beer. Yeah, so uh, black beer. Schwartz. Schwartz. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was and it, it was interesting. The, uh, I also Victoria got their uh, Hefeweizen mm-hmm. and um, didn't like it, so I ended up getting it. But I was like, oh, this is an excellent Hefeweizen, and also five percent alcohol, like really low. Like, it was just really, uh, you know, how I like the lower alcohol beer in general. Yeah, like but I like Hefe the full Weisen flavor. Five, yeah, Hefeweizen five is a little higher for them. Yeah, you know, they 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 run the gambit. Like American yeah. Hefeweizens are usually a little more hop or a little heavier than that. But yeah, yeah. But this was good. It was. It, I really liked it a lot. It was and it was perfect weather for it. It was like in the low eighties, and we got to sit on the porch, and there was like a nice breeze, and then cold beer from draft with good German food. It was really really great place. Oh, it sounds like so. Then we went back to the ranch that we rented, and we did a tasting with all of uh, Agora's new meads that he's mm-hmm. uh, preparing for Childeberg Veer, and um, they were all excellent. Um, he had a he had one. I can't remember which one he called it, but it was. Uh, I think either he described that or somebody who was tasting it there described it um, as like Christmas in a cup. It was like drinking Christmas spices. It was really good, but like very Christmassy. So I, I like that's that. That's what one I want he, in a beer right now. Like that's yeah, sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, his, well, he is meat. I think it might have been. It might have even been like a hopped meat. I don't remember. He, he'll, he'll have to fill us in on all of uh, what we tried because it was good stuff. And anyways, after drinking, you know, four or five beers at the other place, and then coming back and drinking. He had four meads. I had a glass of each after drinking, then four glasses of mead that were probably, I think he said that most of them were like 12 or 13%. Um, after drinking all those, I was pretty well lit. And uh, and then we stayed up. Or then, well, Will didn't get there till late. And and Dan uh, or Adaman, on, uh, he didn't get there until a little bit later also. So we were all just hanging out by the fire while we were waiting for them. 
And then we end, I end up staying up to like two in the morning, <laughs> like just drunk and bullshitting around the fire about whatever we were talking about. Well, Probably yeah, COVID because that's uh, what's I was that? say. Car, car was there, so of course you were yeah. up late bullshitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know what one thing that I really admire about Car. Yeah, he is able to pace himself with drinks so much yeah. better than me. Because <laughs> like if it's in front of me, I just drink it. Yeah, well, it's the, both you and I have that problem where it's like, it's almost the like, don't know what to do with your hands thing, but yeah. neither of us have that problem. It's just kind of like, oh, here's a drink. <laughs> oh, I yeah, exactly. It. Crap. <laughs> like, how much I, how I percent of alcohol was this? <laughs> oh, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was kind of things like, at a lot of the places like car would get a glass of something he's actually getting uh-huh. a lot more into wine which is really cool but um yeah and then he just kind of like sip on it the entire time and then i'm four glasses in and <laughs> uh and he's still just kind of working on the one but having a good time just sort of laid back enjoying the weather that kind of stuff he, he's really good at enjoying himself that i like I, that's why it's a lot of fun to hang out with him well i think um, the other thing is and this is one of those ones where it's a little harder because and i don't know that he isn't this way per se but you also want to try a bunch of different stuff and so it's almost like you should just get a flight and drink that and have that be it you know what i mean like we're going to be here for two hours so i'm going to have this one for the first 30 this one for the next 30 and you know down the line yeah and you know i I completely, you and I, I can't really pull that off usually. Right. Yeah. But I don't know like, why oh, we had three I, flights. I just, yeah. 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 That's, that's kind of, that's sort of what it, what it ends up being. And also the other thing too, is Victoria wanted to try a couple of different things and didn't mm-hmm. like any of them. So I ended up getting her beers as well. So, uh, like that, that's kind of the, that's sort of also how the winery stuff went. So, but to add to the legend of Chilliburg prestige, um, mm-hmm. While this is all going on on Friday, uh, so Childeberg is on the bag, uh, so at the bag dot social, which is one of the what's well, it's not Mastodon, it's one of the uh, f- one of the other things that is federated with it. I don't remember what it is, but um, uh, associate or linked to the bag because you know how the Fediverse works is like you you can like link yours to other things, so. We're also linked to noagenda.social, mm-hmm. which is Adam Curry's, uh, yeah. you know, the, the Podfather's podcast, right? Yeah. So I decided on Friday while we were going down there to at Michael Malice on Twitter and see if he <laughs> wanted to come out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know what? And I think Adam Curry is in the same general area. So I added Adam, Adam Curry. And mm-hmm. then Adam Curry messaged Adaman, who runs the bag, mm-hmm. about the details for coming out to hang out with us on on Saturday at some of the wineries. Oh wow! And he didn't end up getting he. Long story short, he didn't end up being able to make it. But mm-hmm. he was like this. He's like I'm in the area. I'm like right down the road or whatever. He ended up he had, he had a lot of stuff to do. But um, it was it was just really cool that like he you know reached out and he's kind of involved. I think somehow he's involved with in some of the same uh federated sites as adamin because of bitcoin Mm -hmm. um and and also he's 
Edmund's a huge fan of his show, and and I like the show a lot too. Um, so I, I think what we might try to do because he's in that general area, and I think it'll be fun, is at uh, uh, my dogs. Uh, at, uh, <laughs> they're they're yelling at each other. But, yeah. uh Well, Fo- Foxy's just yelling because that's what she does. But uh, anyways, um, is on at Childeberg. I I was thinking maybe what we do is do an official no agenda meetup on one of the days and like mm-hmm. have a designated spot for it at the Childeberg campgrounds because there's a lot of Childebergers who listen to no agenda, mm-hmm. and it might just be fun for the no agenda people to come out and see what we're doing. Also, yeah, and then maybe Adam will come out and check out and maybe. Maybe stay for some of the comedy, or stay for some of the music, or I mean, something. It's I certainly think that might possible. be kind of neat. Like it, it, that's yeah. the thing is, like if you guys kind of not keep at him, you know what I mean, but like kind of keep somewhat in forefront, it might work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it'd be fun. So did Malice uh, respond you know, so, at all? No, <laughs> I, I didn't not. expect him to. I, I actually uh, was shocked that Adam Curry responded. Yeah. So, because uh, he he was like, yeah, it's my general area. Uh, so, I, I, he's a cool dude, and I think he he strikes me as the kind of person who, like, if you're doing something fun, he just wants to be part of it. Um, yeah, and, and I think it also like not like plausible deniability, but like overall logical safety. You know, it's like, oh, we're having an at listening to Adam Curry like event at my house. In the woods. Yeah, I'm not going to that. Oh, we're going right. to go to some wineries that are like yeah. big local things. Not like, hey, we're, you remember that uh, that when you were riding around and riding back from middle of nowhere, Texas, and you stopped at like those like middle of nowhere wineries where you're like, how the hell does anybody know this is here? How do, how do they stay yep. in business? Yeah, yeah, it's not like you're telling them, hey, come out to this place. <laughs> Get no, no, they, yeah, they're 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 and speaking of the wineries, I'll go through the wineries we went to, and some of these yeah. actually we've talked about on the show because cool. they're ones that I knew and I wanted to go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we got up pretty early actually on uh, on Saturday and went to it's kind of neat breakfast place in Fredericksburg. I can't remember what it was called, but it was uh, it was like in an old laundry processing warehouse. You know, you know the, you know what I'm talking about, like where they, like they, they would bring in all sorts of laundry and like drop it off, and then they wash it in, like in these big industrial washers. I mean, so, to me, like it, it obviously, like I know this isn't what it is, but it sounds like a giant laundromat. I understand it's not that, but like that's basically kind of the, that. It is yeah. basically that. It's just, uh, but like back in the 1800s, like when this, a lot of that was all done by hand. Yeah, so, I just didn't. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, it was really it was really neat. And so they the food was really good too. The coffee was not great, but uh the the food was very good. Which makes and me so think it was really good coffee and <laughs> Well, that's true. I, I I may not be a very uh I did I did have several glasses of it because I was pretty hungover, but mm-hmm. um but after eating and after having a couple of coffees, I felt fine and so we started at eleven when the first uh winery open we drove mm-hmm. out and you'll remember this one maybe uh blue lotus do you remember that one i don't but i okay, might so the you, reason, you know it's one of those like maybe the reason that i bring this up is because you know how you mentioned that i don't like to say negative things yes this is one of the ones that i never wanted to talk about because i don't think their wine's very good uh, okay 
But I did want to go there because they have another product that Agora would be interested in that is very good. Oh. They also make mead, and they do a oh, very good job, I think, making mead. Um, cool. And they and so we went there, and they they actually uh, Victoria got a cab sob for herself and didn't uh-huh. like it, so I ended up having a glass of cab sob. But it was much better than I remember. Like I remember the first time I went there, I I thought all of their wine tasted extremely cheap. Like it was like not well, it was not done well in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it had that sort of like warm stickiness to it that I don't think is a good quality in wine. Um, but this time, the at least the Cab Sauv was good. I had I had a sip of some of the other ones that Victoria tried, um, but she tried all meads, and mm-hmm. they had actually a uh, um, like a hopped mead that. Uh, hang on, just a second. Let me go t- make the dogs be quiet. Sure. I don't know if that was picking up on the microphone. It was just bugging me. Uh, a little bit, but not like anything. Oh, yeah. Alstadt, by the way, means old town. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so, but their their meads were very good. Uh, Cody was really excited to, t- to talk mead and like kind of like, you know, show off a little bit of his knowledge because he knows so much about mead, but I don't mm-hmm. know that he gets that much opportunity to inter- interact with people who produce a commercial mead. Um. Yeah, but mean, it was like, cool. Like he knew all of the stuff that they were doing and like the types and stuff like that, which are, I'm not as familiar with that sort of stuff. Like you and I know quite a bit about beer and quite a bit about wine. Yeah. But there's well, that whole world where there's a whole bunch of different styles and stuff that you yeah, can well, do like, with, with yeah, me, which Cody, is cool. Yeah. Cody's not one of the, or Agora is not one of those guys where I like, I imagine him going out to like all of the places in Kansas city that may or like in where he lives in Kansas, like to hunt down meads every weekend, you know, like as a, yeah, like that's what I'm going to do. Like, I imagine he's had tried many of their products, but like, I don't imagine him like getting up. Well, I think know, it's like, also a much more niche, although it is growing, but I, I think that it's just not as easy to find. Well, I, I also think like, especially in Texas, because, because wine is very difficult there and, not that meat is specifically easy, but it is, I I think it's easier with the weather there. Cause like you just need honey yeah. as opposed to you need like grips that grapes that haven't gone super high brick in certain situations, you know, just the, the right. things about Texas, like honey is kind of one of those things that, and I'm sure, you know, obviously clover honey versus orange blossom honey versus like lavender honey, like all that stuff. Yes, I know that. Um, but like honey doesn't really care if it's 105 for 60 days in a row and right. wine certainly gives a shit. <laughs> so yeah, wine yeah. grapes do. So, yeah. yeah. So I think that that might be, and it, so like, I, I think it mead probably, cause it does have a lot of the same characteristics that wine has, but it also mm-hmm. shares a lot. And, and they, it seems like a lot of the places that I've seen that do, uh, meads will hop the meads, so they they do have kind of a beery quality to them. Yeah, that's, so I wonder. Uh, but I would I want to talk to Agora about why they do that. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if it's a flavor thing or if there's actually like a 
a different reason. We should we should have have him on again and talk about the the ones that we tried this weekend because I don't remember what they all were. Yeah, yeah, I'm always up for talking to him, but I can't do it next weekend. But okay, well, well, I'll, I'll try to figure out when he's available, and we'll try and do yeah, it. Um, we'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh, so then, after Blue Lotus, we went to another one that maybe you'll remember is Coleman Sellers. Mm-hmm. So I've had uh, that's one of my favorites in the area is Coleman. Yeah. Um, that's Maddie Maddie Kay's uh, favorite one up that, there. Yeah, that was that's his go to. Yeah, yeah like and for Texas, really good. Yeah, yeah. And that one, it was cool. So they were, this was interesting is because they are also the most, uh, I would say the most snooty of the, of the ones we went to. Um, um, but they also produce a really good product, but they were like, they were doing the full COVID bullshit. Oh, where they were like, you have to order through the window and we'll pass it to you through the window kind of thing. And like, uh, you, you know, you have, you have to have reservations to do a tasting and, all that sort of stuff, but the outdoor area was open. So you could just get, so we end up just getting two bottles to share. Yeah. It turns out they were, they've been doing, that's how they've always done it. Yeah. <laughs> they were just the only ones who were prepared for yeah. COVID baloney. Well, I mean, I, I went out there before COVID. I went out there in 2019. Oh yeah, I know. I know. But uh, and it's it, just, was, it, it was a lot more snooty than the other ones, but yeah. it was also, it, it wasn't this. Yeah. And they're, and they're, and it is a, very high quality wine in my opinion. So yeah. um, we had, uh, let me look it up actually, because I, I want to say the wines correctly. Uh, they should have it on their website because they're standard wines and I've talked about them before. <laughs> uh, it was, it's their two reds that I like. Uh, they're uh, Bronca. Mm-hmm. which is a uh, – this is the other thing that's funny is they do have uh, vines growing on the estate, but I don't think they have any estate wines yet because they're younger grapes. Okay. Uh, all of theirs are made from High, uh, high Plains grapes. Mm. So the Bronca, which is uh, mostly Tempranillo, mm. uh, was I think really good. And then they have a lighter one that is – it's the same grapes but at different percentages for the blend okay. and it, uh, called uh, – Here you can tell if you can read this. I I don't know how to say this word. Asteris, Asteris maybe. Oh no, I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. Aluve is the one that we had. Uh, this one. Aluve, Aluve, or Aluve maybe. I would say Aluve. Yeah, Aluve. So yeah, and um, then the I would probably think the one other one is Esteris, but like that sounds okay. But like. Um, so in like 40 K the space Marines have like a term for like calling space Marines, like a Stratis or something like that. And it's okay. Like just has an a where like that E is basically, <laughs> I was like, this is space Marine wine. What is going on? I think that both of the, both the ones we had, cause we just, like I said, mm-hmm. we just got bottles and then just sort of shared them. Yeah. Um, I think both of these you would really like, they're very, bold robust i think you probably would have been on on sort of in my camp where i thought the bronca was the best one but pretty much yeah, everybody else liked the other one because it's mainly tempranillo more. and it's like texas hill or texas yeah. high plains tempranillo so it's definitely like not like a fruit bomb like california style but it's a texas style fruit bomb right 
Uh, yeah. So it's like yeah. hotter and spicier, more of those yeah. kind of like, uh, like the black peppery kind of spicy. It's almost like Chilean, like the yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like I, and pepper. I think it's like yeah, I think it's like forty two percent tempranillo. Oh, um, I mean, and like, then. The, the alouve, the alouve or alouve one, I think is, I think is also, no, no, it must be more because I think the alouve, because the alouve one is 45% Tempranillo, 31% Movedre, um, 11% Garnacha, and 7% Petit, petit Syrah, and 4% Carignan. Oh, and 2% Sangiovese. This has got a lot more in it than I remember. Uh, it, it, and then I guess. Is the, it all Texas? Yeah. Oh man, I I like I'm surprised they have enough of those the latter like three in like Texas like at the, the like at the quality that Coleman does. You know what I mean? Like yeah, well, you know that's the interesting thing more I think about grapes. Texas is over the last couple of years uh and you know probably the last 10 years maybe would be the right way to say the last couple of years they've I think they've really kind of realized that that this area is not really you can produce a good cab here you can produce good merlot and that sort of stuff but for what people kind of already associate merlot and cab with this is not really the place for it and it doesn't mm-hmm. really do wonderful here i mean you can get a lot of fruit but as far as qual- fruit quality is not the best so yeah, i think you they've do, started you realizing high that production like cheap wine but, yeah exactly eh, i think wine. what they realized is that for high quality wines they really need to use warm weather grapes like italians mm-hmm. and spanish and so that and, yeah. and southern like southern french grapes and that's what they've started doing so they're getting a lot of quality grapes grown but they're varieties that as americans we don't really think that much about yeah and it's funny because like i think a lot of those great varieties are probably present in a lot more blended and then like you know the cab sobs that may list themselves at 80 you know it's like an 85 percent cab sob and then like you know it's got some pretty verdot in there for the structure or something like that yeah because you can yeah that usually would petite petite verdot i think that's color and uh tannins is what they it's usually they add it to give that yeah so i'm i'm betting there's a probably people have those a little more frequently and then like san uh feo I'm head. I can't yeah, Giovese. Um I'm I think that's probably in a lot of the Italian style blends. Yeah. But because neither of us live in an area that has a high predominance of like Italian population, mm-hmm. they may not be, you know, like maybe up where Rallo lives, like there might be a lot more of that. Um, you know, like US versions. So, but you know, I, we could, all, I could also be wrong. Who knows? Like that'd be, yeah. uh, the, that'd be interesting to talk to the wine for normal people person. Yeah. If she knows of an area where like those are bigger in the U S as like a, in a production standpoint, like, Hey, like they do a lot more with this. Okay. Yeah. Or, uh, be- if we could get a hold of them, Jackson blood. Oh yeah. He might be, he might know that as well. Yeah. Uh, so the next one we went to after Coleman was uh it's called adega adega vino winery um it's got you know those uh umlauts and all that sort of stuff in the thing so i may be pronouncing it wrong yeah Um, yeah you wouldn't like where were the umlauts is there's a over so the a has a single dot over it 
The G has two dots over it. And the O in Vino has two dots on it. That's weird because like umlauts um, are only on vowels. Maybe it's not an umlaut. Maybe it's a different, maybe it's a French thing or a Spanish thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I was just thinking about it. Um, Yeah, so this was actually, this one was, I think, I didn't, I didn't know anything about this particular one. Victoria just picked it because she liked the way that the vineyard looked or the tasting room (laughs) looked. Um, Also very high quality, I thought. I got a mm-hmm. uh, a rosé there, which wow. I, by that time I was kind of like, I think I'm ready to sort of uh, start sort of going back a little bit. So I was like, oh, I'll get a rosé. And then it turned out the rosé was 16.5% ABV. But, uh, <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, and it was, a uh, it was, um, man, if I can look it up. I'm trying to remember. It was a really, it was kind of a cool blend uh, of mm-hmm. red grapes that made it. Let me see if I can, if they Did got, you get a. Uh, bottle or a glass of that a bottle uh, oh, wow. I, we didn't we, <laughs> we we shared it but um why does this not they don't actually learn more about our grapes <laughs> yeah they don't really have a uh like a list of all of their stuff but anyways yeah it was good they did have a rosé of sangiovese that they make but they were out of it that's the one i wanted to try oh yeah um and, but this one was a rosé of, uh, I think it was like Petite Syrah and something else. But I don't remember exactly. Mm. But it was very good. I liked it. Or it might have been, actually, yeah. I think it might have been Tempranillo and Petite Syrah. It was it was a weird combination that I wouldn't have thought of, but it was good. Um, and then, I mean, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, it was also, it was warm, so I wanted like a lighter wine. And... Um, and then I had a glass of it and then was like reading the bottle and I was like, oh, this is really high alcohol. And I kind of need to like step back a little bit. So I had just one glass of that, but the but I had a taste of a couple of others that everybody else had. And they mm-hmm. all of their stuff was was high quality, I thought. Very good. Oh, nice. And then uh and it was a cool place. It was it was much more of like whereas like Coleman is I think kind of more like snooty and yeah, it's, Blue it's Lotus in- is much more like I wouldn't say low class, but like, so like the, 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 the vineyard at Blue Lotus is just a hoop house, basically like a, a steel hoop house. That's the tasting room. It's not really very fancy at all. Coleman's is like an estate that has like fancy buildings and stuff like this. This one was like ultra modern. So yeah, it had so like, a, go ahead. What it's not, what it sounds like to me is like Coleman's is like a mid nineties, California, like try to be fancy. And then yeah, Blue Lotus of, yeah. is like a fly by the seat of your pants. Like, Hey, we're doing this. Yeah. Whereas this one sounds like it has money behind it. So it's like second wave microbrewery where like they've got an investor with money who may have done it before or has like some sort of focus on like the environment, like of yeah. the serving room, not like necessarily like, the environment environment. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. Like the, the building. Yeah. It looked like there was money behind it. The building was very hip, like really hip and like, what, what do they call it? Bauhaus or whatever. Uh, where like, it's like very modern. It had like large glass windows that opened up and, but then like the building was very square and angular. Mm-hmm. Um, and just 
it was a cool place. I, I liked it a Sounds lot. Sounds like a um, place after my heart. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd probably really like it. It was, it was just a really <laughs> neat, like a neat, it was just a cool place. Um, yeah. And then, uh, oh, actually, this, I may have, oh, no, this was, this is the rosé of Sangiovese that they didn't have. But they, they also have a rosé of Tempranillo here, but that was also not available when we were there. So I don't know what the rosé I had was. Uh, yeah, I would say but, that's a Digo or Diga, a Diga. Like I'm looking at the like how they list it. But that's interesting. It was cool. I, I I liked it. It was a really neat place. I, I kind of wish we had spent a little bit more time there, but uh, I think we were all kind of ready to. Yeah, you um, were you were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we were like we were a little bit too too much, and so we were like, okay, let's go to one more. Because we actually had two more on the list. Let's go to one more and then let's go to dinner. And um, so we went to then Arrowhead Creek. This is what's cool also about this is that all of these are on the same road and they're all about five minutes apart from each other. So, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, we, in retrospect, well, I wouldn't say in retrospect, we did have two DDs because uh, two of the ladies were not drinking um, or they mm-hmm. drank maybe a sip or something like that. But yeah, uh, they, they were safe. Yeah, so but they do run buses out of Fredericksburg up and down that road. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so it's like so there was buses dropping drunkies off at every single one of these, and um, so at Arrowhead Creek, this one, I, and it, it might have been because I was super drunk. I really liked Arrowhead Creek. Also, I thought it was very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was pretty much all outdoor. They had a tasting room, but the tasting room was like. Uh, not a real building. It was like uh almost like a closed gazebo because it had, you know, it had the the sliding door screens that, you know, it had yeah. that so the bugs don't get in. But it wasn't like air conditioned or with electricity and all that sort of stuff. It was just Yeah, it's just it was sheltered. Yeah. Yeah. And um so but they also had like a lot of outdoor seating area. There was a dude with uh, live music kind of far away like that you this is one of the reasons i really appreciated the layout is because you know how like sometimes you go to like a brewery or a winery or whatever and they have live music and it's just there's nowhere to escape it yeah um this was like there was a designated live music place that was like kind of far away from like a quiet space so like you could kind of hear it in the distance and there was a lot of people over there like digging the, the music and um but like our area was quiet so we could talk and like do whatever we wanted to do. Um, and so it was, it was a really cool place. I think they do actually have a building on the property somewhere that we just weren't at, uh, that had like indoor part. But, uh, I liked, I liked kind of how outdoorsy it was. Um, and then, uh, there I had a Moved there that I thought was really good. Uh, and, it was, uh, I think it was estate grown. I think it was grown on that that property. I think that might have been the only estate grown wine we had the entire time. Most of it was all from High Plains, because mm-hmm. uh, which is weird. But so many of these wineries in that area, their grapes are really, really young, and it's weird that this is like the the main Texas wine country when like they're not actually producing that much wine there. It's mostly produced up in High Plains. It's just High Plains is not pretty. Yeah, I think the other thing is probably, like you said, not pretty, but like they're doing more premier stuff there. Whereas, like, 
high planes used to be the much more commercial as I understand it. So, yeah, well, it is, it's, well, it's all, I mean, that's like large scale farm production grapes for, and then you start getting people like Boland, Boland Vineyard and stuff like that. Like they're now producing higher quality grapes specifically for high quality wine. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and, and probably this is what they're getting a lot of their, but it used to be that a lot of that was just bulk grapes for box wine. Yeah. Um, and, and also, but it's also, it's not pretty, so it doesn't really have the tourist aspect of it. Like it's just yeah. flat and dusty kind of, it's, it's sort of yeah. what people a lot of times think of as Texas. Yeah. Like that's the P like, yeah. So the, yeah. uh, Adiga. Yeah. They have two Portuguese grapes. So they have oh, Turinga, really? uh, Toriga Nacional. Oh. And they have Arinto on, oh. uh, and then they have Red Mavedre, um, San San, the one I can't pronounce today, and yeah. Tempranillo. Uh, and I think, yeah, they like on their Instagram, which like, I know there's a way to zoom in on my computer. Like, I have a Mac, like, you can clearly zoom in on a website. I just can't figure it out. So, yeah. and since I don't have our Instagram login, like, I couldn't get in and look because they have a picture of their two Tempranillos, like oh, okay. the, the front on their Instagram, but I couldn't zoom in. So, they have a Tempranillo, uh, like, like some sort of weird name up front, Tempranillo, like Rose of Tempranillo or something like that. And then they just oh. have the weird word and then tip Rose. Um, oh, so okay. I'm not sure which huh. one you had. Yeah, that one I, I definitely like to go back. I think we're going to do this same sort of thing again next year. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Arrowhead was the last one. And then we went to, after that, we went to go get dinner and we went back to Altstad. Because uh, mm-hmm. Will had wasn't able to go with us and he wanted to try their beer. And the food was really good. So we just all went as a big group and went to there. And, and then uh, I was like, well, like walking in, I was like, I'm not going to drink very much. And then ended up, ended up having like four beers. So, uh, <laughs> Jeez. So then, and then we got back to, then I think it was good sort of that we kind of stretched a lot of this out. So then, because when we got back to the house, Victoria and I were like, all right, I'm, let's take a walk on the property so that mm-hmm. I don't, uh, so I don't like sit down by the fire and start drinking again. So, yeah. um, so we, we both got like a big, our, our waters and then, uh, went on the, the, just walked down the property. It was real pretty property. And there was like a little, there's like a little stream in the valley. Like it's a pretty steep walk down that like you walk down this kind of dirt road into this valley and there's like a little stream down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty. And then we walked up on the other side and, uh, just, just a pretty property. And we, you know, had, it was nice to have a nice walk. Um, I stepped on a whole bunch of spikes, like the, the, uh, pokey stickers. Cause I didn't bring mm-hmm. any sneakers. I just brought my sandals. Um, yeah. And didn't think about it, and there was just stickers all over the place. So I kept stepping on like <laughs> stickers, <laughs> but uh, yeah, which was you know, it is what it is. But uh, it's Texas, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it, it, I should have thought about it, and I just I just didn't. But um, so then we got back to the fire, and uh, so I mean, like a lot of the conversation was these dogs are driving me nuts. <laughs> uh, a lot of the uh, conversation was around. That Biden's speech, yeah, uh, and also like because both Carr and I, I because w- I watched that speech live, mm-hmm. and Carr was apparently watching it live also, and both of he and I just like just started blowing each other up with comments. I, I think it was getting a little <laughs> bit too like we were we were feeding into each other's like concern yeah. over it and like making yeah, it, way more, it, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I mean, and obviously, I'm still concerned about it, but it was that by that time. But we still had a lot of talking about it, where it's like because also Agora doesn't really know what he's going to do. He works for a large company, and they're going to, and he's not sure what he's like. I'm not going to do it, but I also don't want to lose my job. So, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of that kind of talk going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but also, you know, at this point, I think there's 26 states that have said no, and uh, have all, all started filing lawsuits. So we'll see what actually happens. But uh, oh, yeah, the guy, I don't think any of them have filed a lawsuit. No, not yet. They're um, preparing the lawsuits. Yeah, they've all prepared. Um, so one of the things that I think is interesting about it is so Tom Woods Friday episode was oh. with Thomas Massey. Yeah, I heard and, that one. Yeah. And I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. But what I don't understand is why Thomas Massey hasn't been drafting like specifically articles of impeachment. Because they literally, like, Biden literally came out and said, like, when they were going to extend the eviction moratorium, uh-huh. like, we know this is unconstitutional. Right. And we're going to do it anyway. So I I don't think that they would actually impeach him. But I don't understand why somebody like Massey hasn't. Like, yeah, I mean, it may be just because it's a waste of his time because he's not going to get the support for it. Yeah, but so. like to me, that's one of those things where, like, if Ron Paul was in Congress, that's not a waste of his time. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. No, this is like, you know, you and I both agree that it is a waste of Thomas Massey's time because we think government's a waste of your time. Right. That being said, he doesn't think that. So I yeah. don't understand that positioning that people, these people have been doing. It's like, look, I understand you believe in this bullshit, but like these are blatantly unconstitutional things. And like, I mean, to me personally, OSHA is blatantly unconstitutional and should have been struck down immediately. But yeah. like we live in the rule of like that world law. And I think I can't remember. I was on like golden black on Reddit and they were like, somebody said that basically like the blowback that they've been getting from Afghanistan was going to lead to some sort of escalation from the regime elsewhere. I mean, and be. this other person was posting that and I, I tried texting Rollo or not uh, sending a message to Rollo earlier today. Uh, Cause I didn't think you were, like I didn't know when you were coming back. So um what I was saying to Rallo was and was like I think they're like I don't know if this plan necessarily like so you know it's like the negotiating tactic like throw out a ridiculous number and then meet like uh never split the difference. Yeah. Like they're they don't they don't want this to do this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Biden particularly wants to make this mandate. And I don't think he is doing it because he's being like paternal and going like, well, I told you not to get drunk. So now I'm going to make you drink the entire six pack, you know, like, like the, like Bobby Hill smoked the whole carton of cigarettes thing. on King of the Hill. Like, I don't think it's that. I think this is like their negotiating tactic to basically, give it so that big businesses can force their employees to do it and point or like, and then point at like the federal mandate and just say that, 
well, the federal government told us we had to do it and we couldn't wait for the resolution of a lawsuit and they get it like, and basically absolve themselves of being sued. Now you and I both would say that like, that doesn't absolve them from being sued. Like it's bullshit that you could hide behind that. But like, I think then they would, you know, it's kind of like pass the buck up and then like the federal government can just spend all this money defending the lawsuits or just refuse to hear them in court. Right. So, and that, that may be the case. I mean, already though, uh, I think, I think maybe it wasn't a miscalculation, but I, I don't know that they realized they were going to get as much pushback as they're already getting. So Um, this, this is one of those things from the States, but from individuals who are like, although this is something that I think tactically is incorrect is like, if my advice to people would be, do not quit your job, make them fire you because there's already a bunch of, lawsuits going on right now with nurses that because the hospitals mm-hmm. tried to mandate vaccines also and a yeah. lot of nurses uh said no and the hospitals wouldn't fire them but also mm-hmm. kept trying to force them to do stuff that would like like no call no show kind of thing so yeah. like a lot of these nurses kept showing up and clocking in because they didn't remove them and they didn't fire them and uh and so they end up getting these like where they're like, no, we were like the security would come and be like, we want you off the property. You don't work here anymore. And she goes, no, I have not been given a letter of termination yet. I do work here. And they're like, well, turn in your badge. And she's like, so am I being fired? And like, like that kind of thing. And apparently this has yeah. been happening in a lot of hospitals. So well, it's like a, there's an upper, there's a hospital in upper state New York that can't deliver babies because they don't have enough maternity staff. Cause six just quit. Yeah. So quitting were, is, I think, the wrong tactic. I think making them fire you is the correct tactic because then you could have a wrongful termination suit or hostile workplace suit. Well, and this is kind of like that 4D, 5D chess nonsense because it's like, you know, you and I both think the employer should be allowed to let the employee go at any point as long as it's within terms of the employment contract. Right. Well, but the terms have been changed. No, 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 they do not change them again. No, I, I agree. Yeah. But that's the thing that makes this so hard in a practical sense. Right. Because it's kind of like the, like, like you throw a rock, he pulls a knife, they bring a gun, you shoot a nuclear missile at him. Yeah. Like there's, there's a certain point of like, like that really gross idea of like two people tying their hands together and having a knife fight to the death. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there is no escalation. You both have agreed to the terms or like a duel. Like we both have single shot flintlock pistols and we're going to walk and then turn around and shoot at each other like once. Right. And it like, so like there's that like and you know, kind of malice always talks about this where like, they narrowly define the context of the debate you can have. And malice always shows up and goes, we're not even having that conversation. Like, right. Forget what you thought you were going to have as a conversation. We're not going to have that. And that's one of those things where it's like, you know, do they like, okay, so let's just say Sentara cause it's local fire, you know, ends up having to fire like 100 nurses. So then they bring a wrongful termination suit and then they're not allowed to proceed as a class action because it's some activist judge. You know, it's just kind of that, like what good does it actually do versus 
what harm does it do or not do? You know, like yeah. that, that's kind of that thing where, and this is one of those ones where like when I'm having a hard time following is what's the advantage of doing this? You know what I mean? Like with like the continuation of the war in Afghanistan, it told made total sense from like, it didn't cost the U S taxpayers enough money to piss them off every year. It didn't kill enough Americans to piss them off every year. So it just kept happening because the contractors got paid. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. kept lobbying for it and like there was no, like the military wasn't trying to leave cause they wanted all the toys. So, but who well, this is kind of, I, I, I mean, this sort of plays into some of the stuff and I, and actually let's, well, let's kind of finish this. Yeah. This will be the last Maybe part, we'll do it yeah. later cause I can finish the story and then we gotta, we gotta okay. hop off. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think it's kind of that thing that I said when Afghanistan that I was like, I think something else is going on. And I think what it is, is that they're looking to turn the war inward now. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we, they, we see the rhetoric be really ramping up about January 6th insurrection. And, uh, there's a lot of that stuff going on. There's also a lot of the, a lot of mobilization of national guard units and things like that. So there's like, there's weird stuff going on. It may not be that at all, but I also, but I also think that there, there's very likely a financial portion of this where they kind of all sat down and at least a portion of the government, clearly the deep state, uh, like the, the CIA branch of this is not particularly happy because the news doesn't like it and they pretty much control the news. But, uh, the, there, I think, might have been a real discussion about, you know what, we actually may have overplayed our hand and we can't afford $300 million a day anymore. Or or, it, or it'll cause a problem down the road. And we need to kind of stop this now while we have an opportunity. But I don't know if they're that... What, what, what I, they're that uh, aware of the situation. Because I do think also there's, a, there's such a large amount of hubris in sort of establishment politics where they just think they can do whatever they want. But I, but there must be some sort of recognition of realities too. Yeah. But like, so that's the, that's the thing that like, you know, the government is a multi-headed Hydra. You cut off one head, three more grow back, whatever. Um, right. So I personally think Afghanistan, the exit is a Biden only move. And I don't think, I think, Biden has enough dirt to to basically get it through. You know what I mean? Like I I think this that's a him move personally. I I don't yeah, think maybe. that I don't think they could remove him in a logical way. And I because I think they oh I think where they overplayed their hand is Harris. Maybe. I don't understand how they thought Harris would be a useful tool. Cause it's not like, um, you know, that really crazy lady who like Michael Malice is always going up Marianne Williams. Oh yeah. Or like she has support in the black community. Like, right. She doesn't have a lot of support, but you could see her out being out there stumping. Yeah. And, and like more, more than Harris, like she's so unpopular. Correct. Yeah. And like, that's the thing is like, not only is she, she is so unpopular, it's not like she's doing anything. And that's kind of the thing right. that like I always found amazing is like 
it never seemed like Pence was doing anything. No, but Pence was important for Trump for the evangelical coalition. No, 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 no. Like so. I, I no, but like that's the thing is Pence was active as vice president doing stuff. Yeah. They just never right. covered him because he wasn't Donald yeah. Trump. Whereas like yeah. Joe Biden was getting covered doing all the Joe Biden dumb shit that he did all the time, like sniffing people and like being a weird old sexual molester uncle, like, you know, all the stuff that Joe Biden was famous for. Like yeah. it was on the news all the time, but because everybody was so busy sucking Obama's dick, they didn't really talk about how problematic it was. Right. So I think they overplayed their hand by putting Harris in. And I think Biden was just basically like, you can't get rid of me in time to stop me from getting out of Afghanistan. So good luck. Yeah. And then uh, from, yeah. I don't, I don't know if he's that cogent. I think he is. Cause like, if you look at, if you look at a lot of his big speeches, like he's not like talking about dog pony soldiers. He's not yeah. making the insane gaffes that he did during the campaign trial. And it might be, they're just, they've found a way to dope him up. Um, that could be. And maybe, yeah. maybe you're right. I think he played up being as demented as he was. Like, I think he leaned into it. And oh, that I, could be like, Ashley does, you know, my wife does that stuff for a living and she's like, no, he's, he clearly has it. And, and she's definitely had some where they played it up, but then they would get lost in it. You know what I mean? Like, and just go crazy. So I don't know, like, I don't know what's going on there, but like, I think he's overplayed it, but you remember how big after, like, do you remember the feeling of the country after Ruby Ridge? Um, not really. I was pretty young. Yeah. So, I mean, we both were pretty long, young after Ruby Ridge, but do you remember the feeling after Oklahoma city? Well, I do remember the, the yeah, a lot of the militia stuff that was, or like the, yeah. like the, the kind of concern about the militias. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I feel like the domestic thing is on par with Oklahoma city. And you notice they never bring Oklahoma city up saying like, these are the same people who did Oklahoma city. Cause they, yeah. they, they, they lost all of the gold there, but you look at all the, you know, the assault weapons ban basically gets through in part because of Oklahoma city or is like reinforced because of Oklahoma city, you know, like the ATF is actually kept around because of it. Right. All that stuff happens and like the government expands. So I don't think like, I, I think we are being, and I, I hope being hyperbolic about what they're going to do in response to January 6th. When you look at like the stuff that they ended up doing after Oklahoma city, where they had way more like political goodwill, you know what I mean? Like they, like, and they, they had much more of Congress and then like, they basically ended up giving it up to Newt Greenridge, who ended up giving them everything they wanted anyway. Right. But like, I think it's a lot more on front street, what they're doing. And that's where like, because of social media, they, they don't know how to clamp it down because like you've seen like them trying to stomp stuff out on Twitter and Facebook. And yet it's yeah. the stuff is still out there. Right. And so there's clearly alternative networks where this information is going and they don't have control of them and they don't mm-hmm. know where they are. You know, it's like discord and stuff like that, where like they know it's being spread, 
but they don't have the mechanism to shut it down. And that might be what they're going for is the mechanism to shut down. And I'm going to use quotes, the free internet. And that's where they're going. But I don't know like that. I think that's the question is what, what is all of this serving? Because it's either they got bit off way more than they can chew and got way more than they were expecting. You know what I mean? Like they, they were like, we are going to get rid of Donald Trump and this is where we're going to do it. And then basically I think the other thing is they got way ahead of themselves and we're like, wait a minute. They didn't say no to anything. And the right. people who did say no, like basically are insane people like to everyone else's eyes. And so they, they've just been running with it ever since. And I think that's where the narrative is starting to collapse is they were all running toward one thing, get rid of Donald Trump, whether it was yeah. DeSantis, like, you know, whether people really wanted Trump to go or not, they were just tired of the media talking about Trump. So they were willing to go along with this other narrative. Yeah. So it could be. Yeah. All right. Let me finish up our trip and then sure. we'll call it. Uh, so that night we got back, uh, we went on the walk, we went back around the fire again and, uh, I finished that bottle of Rose and probably had more drinks from other bottles. And then we went to bed actually fairly early at, at about 11 and, mm-hmm. um, slept in pretty late, felt pretty good, woke up, didn't have a hangover or anything like that, which was good. Uh, and then this morning we went to another brewery for breakfast called Fredericksburg Brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really good. It was, uh, and I sent you the picture. They have a big banner up that says, uh, vote for less government for, and more beer. <laughs> so, or vote less government, more beer. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's along those lines. I sent it to you. I just thought it was funny. Uh, yeah, vote less I'll, government, I'll, more beer. I'll switch over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had really good beers as well. I, I also had a, uh, a Hell's there. Because uh, I was, we were going to head out and go home right afterwards. So I only had two beers, and I've got uh, kind of lighter, lower alcohol beers. And mm-hmm. um, I, I had a um, there. I just had a burger, but what was kind of cool about it is that they baked the bread themselves. So it had Ooh. like a bun that was like a German style uh, pretzel roll, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, like so, like a brioche bun kind of. Yeah, and um, really good, just good burger. And then I had this like cheese soup that they made, uh, which you wouldn't have liked. But uh, (laughs) but and actually, nobody at somebody else ordered it at the table. They had like one bite, and they were like, "Ugh!" And I was like, "This is really good," Uh, because I I like cheese. But uh, yes, you do. (laughs) Yeah, they had this cool Oktoberfest room in the back. That's where that Mm. banner is, Mm. and. and they have a big projector. I guess they do game like sports night and things like that. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking about calling them, uh, you know, weather girl on, uh, actually, I guess I'm not supposed to say this, but, um, I'll cut it out, but there's a person on Twitter who did a documentary, but I guess she's not officially connected with it because it's something about work or whatever, but they did a documentary on the, uh, the, um, businesses that were shut down in California because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were looking for places to screen it. I'm trying to find a place around here so we could do a screening in, in uh, DFW. But I, but I thought that would be a pretty cool place to do a screening as well because yeah. they are they have a lot of uh, like anti-COVID stuff up in the brewery. Mm-hmm. Like not anti-COVID, like anti the germ, anti the restrictions. Yeah, anti the response to COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they also had like some funny ones where like 
uh, well, this was actually not in the brewery. This was down the street at like a, a gift shop. They had like a big Texas kicking a California out. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> uh, but like there's a lot of stuff like that around there. It's yeah. it's actually it's really funny. It's kind of an interesting place to people watch because there's a interesting mix. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like hipster doofuses from Austin there on like a wine trip, but it's extremely Trump as well. So like <laughs> there is all sorts of Trump stuff all over the place there. And nice. but then you also see like you'll see like some big fatty walking around with like open carrying with like a cowboy hat and like a Texas shirt and all that sort of stuff. And then you see like, you know, twig boy with his like wrist guard and, but, and wearing like double masks or whatever. So it's like, it's just a really interesting mix of people. Yeah. Uh, But it's like, it'd be really funny if it was like, like, you know, you're saying twig boy with like the double mask, but like, he's super Texas. Like, he's just like, yeah, like I, you know, like he has like, really bad asthma or something like that. So he's just like, I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, but he's like all four Texas. He's like, yeah, I don't care if anybody else wears a mask. I'm going to do it. You're like, yeah, well, that could be, well, I think you're I, an idiot, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, it's just very funny to me. Like the, the yeah. mix of people that were there was like, it was just an interesting crowd watching situation, but the brewery was really good. Uh, I highly recommend it. We're going to try to do this again next year. So anybody who's listening that, that thinks that sounded like a fun time, uh, hit me up. And when we have details, I will, I'll be letting people know. Cool. Cool. So want to cover anything else before we call it a night? No, I think we've uh, gone pretty, pretty well in and uh, we'll uh, try to, so I'm going to be out of town the like Sunday of next week through Thursday or so, but then I'm off on Friday. So I'm like off that whole week. Um, Okay. So for my daughter's birthday, but we'll try to do like another episode in between sometime there if we can okay. um, maybe a short one and you know kind of go over some more maybe veer details if we have any more uh, or kind of like what's going on in the background yeah um, and then uh yeah and then that'll give us kind of two episodes hopefully out in september and uh, we'll go from there cool all right cool. everybody stay free stay free everybody